0: Hi, I'm Karen, and this is the Divine Feminist. A podcast about putting the magic and the common sense of balance back at the very centre of our world. And along the way reconnecting with the perfect spark of usness that's always been waiting outside of the boxes and the shuds of society. Ready to bring us back back to ourselves. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get going. From the outset of this podcast, I've talked a lot about how, to me, this thing I call divine feminism, it's based hugely on the principle of balance. For too long now, our entire world, especially this Western society that I find myself in, it's felt out of balance. And I firmly believe that if we want to create a happier, less divisive, more fulfilling culture for all of us, that balance is something we really need to redress. Lately though, I've seen the idea of balance get a pretty bad rap. I've seen quite a few social media posts and blogs about how balance just isn't something we should even be aiming towards. And a few weeks ago, I saw a blog from the writer and coach, Danielle Laporte, entitled Balance is a Myth. Now, I love Danielle. I've been working through her Core Desired Feeling program every new year for the past few years, and I absolutely love it. And I swear by her, Desire Map Planner as an important part of my daily routine. But that idea of balance as a myth, mm, that's just not something I can get behind. Maybe that's because I'm a Libra rising. And so balance is seriously bloody important to me. It's right at the forefront of who I am. Or maybe it's because so far in my adult life, there's no lesson I've been called to learn more often and more deeply. But to me, that idea of balance isn't just real. It's important. Vitally important, I'd say. And what's more, I don't think that idea of balance as some sort of myth that we should pass off as fantasy and throw out of our lives, I don't think that's something that any of us should be comfortable with. I say I don't think, but... No, that's not true. I'd go a step further. I know balance is something we should be keeping an eye on. As someone who's worked with client after client over the last few years to help them bring their lives back into the right balance for them, not to mention as someone who's experienced a completely unbalanced life and all of the issues that brings many times over the past decade or so, I know that finding our own balance points and then bringing ourselves and our lives back there It's one of the most important things we can do for ourselves. I've had clients who have this real imbalance of the relationships in their lives, giving too much to those relationships and then finding themselves drained and depleted as a result. I've had clients whose big imbalance has been around money, what to save, what to spend, trusting themselves with that money, what to spend on themselves, what to spend on others. And in both cases, helping them to redress those balances, helping them to redress the way that they see themselves and the way that they interact with those situations, those energies within their lives, that's helped them to rebalance their whole life, to redress their whole life and to find a much more comfortable, much more beneficial way forward for them, which, which it sounds really cheesy, but it changes their life just by redressing the balance of these energies and the way that they focus on them. And of course, then there's the old work-life balance thing, which is definitely a one for me. I firmly believe that finding our own balance points and bringing ourselves back to those points in all aspects of our life, it's one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves. Although, hands up, I do think that that idea of balance is something that, right now, we're looking at all wrong. You see, the world will tell us that to be balanced means being exactly 50-50 in any place. It means... Being like that set of scales, where we must be perfectly equal in the perfect position at all times. After all, scales can't be balanced unless they're at their absolute dead centre, can they? But honestly, and maybe this is just because I'm somebody with very little coordination, that seems really difficult to me for us humans. Did you ever play on the Wii Fit? I had a Nintendo Wii games console, Actually, I still have one. I still even play on it from time to time, which completely baffles my high-tech gamer brother. But anyway, with the Wii console, you could get a game, Wii Fit, which came with something called a balance board. You'd then use the board and the associated remote control that you held in your hand to do various physical exercises and stretches, all aimed at helping you to tone up, boost your coordination and, as you'd expect from the name of the game, to get fit. At the start of each session you'd be invited to do a fitness test which would weigh you and I know how problematic that is but bear with me and then would test your balance by asking you to stand super still in the centre of the board. Now please tell me if you've done otherwise yet because I would seriously love to hear it but in all the times I went on my wee fit board no matter how straight I stood no matter how much I even held on to something else or had someone standing behind me correcting my posture from behind I never managed to get my balance bang on 50-50 left and right. I think the closest I ever got was having 51.5% of my weight to the right and 485 to the left. And so it would always say to me, well done, you're almost perfectly in the centre. And perfectionist me back then would look at it and go, but I'm not exactly perfect, am I? So clearly I'm doing something wrong. If you continued that test, though, it would sometimes invite you to take an advanced balance test. In that one, the screen would show two bars, which got thinner and thinner as you progressed through the game. Your job was to stand on the balance board and angle your body in such a way that put your body's balance within the relevant bar, while tilting the remote control you held in your hands to fit into the other bar, Inevitably, they'd both be tilted the opposite way so that it was all about you trying to tilt your body in different ways and still stay standing up and keep still. I admit, it's pretty difficult to describe without the visuals, so maybe I will pop on the Wee Fit board at some point and pop a little image onto Instagram. But anyway, that test, that second one, for the most part was much easier. Maybe because there was, at least until the end, a greater margin for error the bars were quite big, so if you wobbled about a bit, it was okay. You didn't lose. Or maybe because it involved moving around rather than staying perfectly central for a long period of time. But with this more fluid game, the right balance always seemed much easier to achieve. And to me, that links in a lot with the balance in our own lives. If we're all trying to strive for that same thin, rigid line, then no, that's not going to feel particularly balanced for everyone. It might not feel particularly balanced for anyone, let's be honest. And in truth, nor is it necessarily going to feel good, even if we do get there. I'll be honest, in all of the times that I stood stock still, desperately trying to find that 50-50 position, I felt a bit uncomfortable. I felt like my one leg that's inevitably slightly longer than the other, because, fascinating fact, if you didn't know, no two pairs of anything in your body are completely identical. And yes, the first time I heard that, I did immediately go and check my boobs, not to mention the fact that, on the days not to mention the fact that even on those days I found as close to fifty fifty as I could possibly be, I couldn't stand there for too long without starting to get uncomfy, starting to get a bit bored, getting distracted, or maybe having a cali standing next to me who just needed a bit of a fuss. It just wasn't right to maintain that one position as some sort of permanent place to be, but if we can be more flexible, more fluid, and find that balance point as the one that's right for us individually, well then. That becomes a little bit more easy to approach. Take work-life balance as an example. I'm speaking to you as a recovering workaholic, someone who has worked at least two jobs at a time for most of her adult life and who a few years back would regularly work 60 plus hours a week for a pretty lousy salary and then come home to talk about work, think about work, answer more emails, go out with the friends that she worked with during the day and work a butt off on her other job. That was way too much for me and when I left that job behind I vowed to myself that I would never again work 12 hour days or even think about work after a certain point in the day. And for the most part I stick to those rules. I don't check or answer emails after nine o'clock. I always make a point of having at least one full day and one evening off a week. And nowadays I class solo personal appointments like going for a swim or taking Callie for a walk just as immovable as work ones in my diary. But since I've started recording this podcast, I've noticed something. That on the days I'm writing or editing an episode, a seven-hour day can easily become 12. And I still come away buzzed and feeling really fresh. I can't do that with all of my work. But in this particular project right now, it truly is fun. It truly lights me up and it feels nothing like work. Talking to a friend of mine though who knows my workaholic tendencies and who has had those workaholic tendencies of her own. She told me I was doing too much. After all, working that many hours in a day was totally out of balance and for her, it was enough to make her ill. And I get it, I really, really do. It's definitely something I'm keeping an eye on and undoubtedly it's not something I'll make a habit of. But for me, right now, working this way is absolutely fine. And having those days when work, this work at least, completely takes over. It doesn't drain my energy, it doesn't feel unbalanced, it feels absolutely right. And what's more, it seems to nourish me in the other non-work parts of my life too. Almost like, because I have more energy from this work, I also have more energy to do the things that light me up personally and socially too. And that's okay. It's okay that with some of my work, I can do 12-hour days. And it's okay that in others, I'd be drained after three, five-hour days a week. Just as it's okay that my friend's perfect work-life balance is different still. The truth is that the ways we spend our own energy are down to us to figure out for ourselves. No one can give us a magic formula for how we distribute those things, be it work and life, be it the needs of other people, the needs of us, be it those introvert times, those extrovert times, whatever it may be, no one can give us any one magic formula. Because there isn't one. And because the magic place of balance, that point that feels perfect, that feels comfortable, that feels right... It's different for every single person. It's different for every single facet of each of our lives. Now the work-life aspect of this is something I'll talk about more deeply in a future episode of The Divine Feminist. Because I know it's something a lot of us struggle with. And because there's an amazing lady I met a little while ago that I'm excited to talk to about this and to share that conversation with you. But this principle of finding a potentially more unequal balance that's still actually right for us. That's the subject that I want to talk more about here. In her book, Love Warrior, Glennon Doyle talks about an early yoga teacher who told her that balance isn't about being perfect. It's just about putting equal pressure in both directions. At the time I read that quote, I remember it really struck a chord with me as being pretty important. And even more so as I think more about balance in the context of divine feminism. Because it strikes me that having that outlook is a much healthier and more achievable approach. It's not about the idea that we have to be perfectly centred in all ways at all moments and it's not even about the fact that we have to find the two polar opposites within us or within our lives and then park ourselves squarely in the centre of those two. Instead it's asking us to recognise the things that are pulling us in different directions internally or otherwise and then dedicate ourselves in any given moment to finding the spot that feels comfortable for us in between them. As in yoga, that won't be a perfect place where we can stand stock still for hours on end because yoga isn't about locking ourselves into that one position and staying there. Inevitably, we're going to wobble, we're going to sway, we're going to shuffle, we're going to move, but that isn't the point. The point is about dedicating ourselves to finding that place of comfortable stretching and settling into that. It's about recognising the interplay of the different forces, pulls and pushes that exist within us, and then not only allowing those things to guide us into the place that feels right for us, but equally working with those different forces to figure out exactly how it makes that particular balance fit for us. And of course, that specific perfect place, it can and will change further every single time that you move into it. The idea that everything has to stay the same, one single constant, it's one that our industrialized societies drummed into us. After all, A machine has an optimal point that it works at. Any slower and it's just not doing what it was built to do. Any faster and it might just blow up. And so the aim is to keep it going at that perfect level of productivity, steadily, all the time that it's due to be working, right up until the moment you switch it off. But for us, we're not like that. This also ties into the masculine focus of our culture because, after all, a man can be as fertile at the age of 60 as he is at 16. And as long as he stays happy and healthy, that fertility will never wane throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year. It will just keep on at an absolute constant. But that in itself means missing out a big part of what it is to be balanced, a big part of our world. Because the more traditionally feminine pattern to things says that we change the more traditionally nature-led pattern to things, tells us to expect change. As the moon changes in the sky each night, as the plants grow and die and grow again every year, and as the female hormones take their own cyclical journey throughout each month, our world and everything in it, including us, it's in a constant state of flow. And that means that what feels like the right balance for us right now, it could be very, very different this time next year, this time next week, even in 30 minutes from now. I'm just back from a busy trip away, for example, so to find balance in my day-to-day, I need lots of time alone, maybe even a little extra sleep. But tomorrow, well, tomorrow I'm due to hit ovulation in my cycle, so my energy is going to peak. The events of the last few days are likely going to be forgotten as a result, and I know I'll want to be out there doing all the things, talking to all the people. The point of balance for me, the point of what's comfortable for me will feel different, and that's okay. Okay. There's a quote from Einstein, which says that life's like a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. And I agree with him. I mean, who am I to question Einstein, right? But I agree that we have to move forward to stay balanced. I agree that just as our weight shifts when we pedal on a bicycle, the points of balance for us and for our lives will shift throughout that movement. You know what it's like as you learn something new, as you start a new job, as you start a new relationship, as you move to a new place, as your life changes. What is right for you in any given circumstance can change too. The things I need from my life and from myself right now are totally different to everything that I needed six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Our job is not to try and keep them 50-50 regardless and always stay on that place. in that place. Our job is to simply lean into those changes. Lean in in the same way we lean as we're pedalling a bicycle and just keep moving. However, personally I also take an extra meaning from this quote that I'm not even sure Einstein intended. Because when are you most comfortable riding a bicycle? When you stop thinking about it and the action itself becomes second nature. I think maybe the problem with balance, and I would agree with Danielle Laporte and the others I've read recently that there is a problem with that in our society at the moment... Is our obsession with finding it, our obsession with this perfect point of balance as a, ah, when this happens, the clouds will part and everything will be wonderful. I wonder if we stopped actively searching, stepped back from that drive for balance and instead kind of looked for the focus on those different forces that we talked about. I wonder if finding the balance between those forces that feels right for us will naturally come and it'll feel good. And with that, I wonder if a much more unconscious flowing approach would just come naturally. Maybe we'd find ourselves shifting and moving in different directions as those forces feel differently to us, and so maybe we'll shift and move again. But we won't be so obsessed with it. We won't be constantly trying to stick with one linear point of balance, right in the centre. I think this is something that applies in our lives, and it's definitely something I see with clients. Almost every one of the wonderful people that I work with in counselling comes to me is they're feeling stuck in some way. They're feeling stuck, they're not sure how to move forward, maybe they're just feeling a bit lost or a bit trapped. Life has just become out of balance in some way, the wheels seem to have fallen off and they don't know how to move forward. One of the first big questions I always ask those people is, tell me, what are the things that make you feel good? What are the things that make your heart sing? And almost always what we find is that those things, whatever they may be, are the things that they do less of as life gets busy, as they become wrapped up in relationships or jobs, as they feel like they're driving for all of the things that society or their family or their partners or their friends have convinced them they should do. And as a result, their lives come out of balance, not in terms of how much they're working and how much they're playing, not in terms of their work life, not in terms of their relationships, not in terms of then any of those individual factors, but actually in a much more underlying, almost fundamental way. Their lives have come out of balance between what's right for them and what the world tells them to do. And so, one of the things I'll often encourage them to do is to devote a bit more time and energy to the things that do make their heart sing. Now, I wholly accept that that can be difficult. You know, I think it was. Simon Sinek, who talked about the fact that there's no decision we can make that doesn't come with some sort of balance or some sort of sacrifice, and I get it. Last year, I did a course in Kabbalah, and I will never forget the meditation that linked to the idea of balance. In that meditation, as I was working through it, I saw the idea of sacrifice. Of course, that started with something very dramatic. It actually, for me, started with the crucifixion. And then I saw different things. I saw parents whose lives were changing completely to accommodate their children. I saw a world-famous sportsman who actually used to work at the same place as me, staying back long after everyone else had gone home to continue practicing his skills and actually, as a result, becoming the best in the entire world. I even saw myself standing there in those moments where I'd had to choose between doing what I really wanted to do and doing what was important for someone else. Even when that meant something really simple. Even when that meant something really simple like taking Callie out for the walk she wanted rather than having an extra 10 minutes in bed. We all, every single day, every single choice we make are sacrificing one idea for another. Maybe that idea isn't even that important. Maybe the alternate choice isn't even something that is that crucial to us. But still, but still, in making any choice, we are choosing to sacrifice one idea for another. And so that's what it is when we're finding balance. When we're putting these various different forces in our lives up against one another and and finding the comfortable points between, within, and around them for us, sometimes that means letting go of the things that aren't right for us. Sometimes it means choosing not to do the things that would be easy or not to do the things that someone expects us to do. To balance our lives out by doing maybe more of what lights us up and energizes us, that might just mean stepping back from something that doesn't feel right. It might just mean changing something that we've been carrying for an awful long time. And that can be scary. It can be scary and it can be a very brave decision to do that. Because after all, society will tell us time and time again that we should keep doing what we've always done. Society will tell us time and time again that the things that light us up are much less important than the things that we should be doing. But sometimes when we want to find balance, it starts with finding the balance within ourselves and focusing more on what feels right and good for us. But to me, the most crucial aspect of balance is in understanding what is right for us, in understanding what lights us up and bringing more of that into our lives and then letting go of more of the things that drain us. And from there, we're in a much better position to work out the balance in each of our relationships, to work out the balance in our relationship with money, to work out the balance between our work and our life, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. And to recognize it's less of a black and white one versus the other thing It's more of approaching these things in a way that feels right to us. Making sure that the pressure we put on each of those factors, to quote Glennon Doyle's yoga teacher, is less about what feels like pressure to us and more about what feels like a flow, what feels beautiful, what feels surrendered, what feels true. That, to me, is perfect balance. The thing I find with my clients is that when they focus on the things that they love, when they focus on bringing more of that heart-filling energy into their lives, they actually automatically become more balanced because they stop stressing, they stop trying to control, they stop trying to play those different factors off against each other. I guess it's kind of like during a yoga practice when you realise you are concentrating so hard on trying to have the perfect balance, completely forgetting about your breath and instead really focusing on those muscles and making sure they're in the right place. What happens? Well maybe not to you, maybe you're better at yoga than I am, but for me, inevitably I lose my balance completely and very nearly fall over. But when I bring my attention back to my breath and just let my muscles do my own thing, well then, balance, staying in that place, staying in that position, being comfortable there, that's so much easier to maintain. It's also something that I think works out in our wider society too. The more we stop trying to force certain things, the more we just naturally go with the flow, the easier life becomes and the the happier people become. Of course, in talking about going with the flow, I'm not talking about following down this path of destroying our world, this industrialisation, this colonisation, this drive towards fascism and Western politics that that the world seems to be suffering so deeply from right now. That's exactly the kind of of out-of-balance thinking I'm talking about avoiding. But actually what I'm talking about is, I wonder if, if we'd focused on learning about the world and everything in it, and then finding a balance between all of those different facets, because let's be clear here, for all I'm absolutely in favour of going with the flow of things, there are still some definite benefits to the modern developed world that I'm not for one second suggesting we should ignore or forget about. But I wonder if we'd found that balance. Rather than deciding that one way of doing things was better than another, one particular person or group of people knew better than another, I wonder how much of a better place the world will be in now. Next time around, I'm going to be talking to the fantastic Rich Lister, who is a nurse and a coach. We're going to be talking a bit about that balance in society. We're also going to be talking about the balance in Rich's work between the more modern, scientific approach to healthcare and the holistic approach to wellness, self-responsibility and healing. And we're going to be talking about the balance between the masculine and the feminine, particularly in heterosexual relationships. Rich is married to Lisa Lister, the author, who is an incredibly powerful woman. And fiercely proud of and rooted in her femininity at that. And they both believe, as I do, that the journey to empower women actually only benefits those who identify as men and empowers them too. It empowers us all to step out of all of the places that we've been squished and be the fullest and truest versions of ourselves. Both in masculine, feminine, romantic relationships, as well as in friendships, in familial relationships, and in our society overall. I'm really excited to share that interview with you. But for now, I'd really like to leave you with a few questions around the idea of balance. For starters, I'd really encourage you to think about what are you trying to balance? What are those different forces in your life that you are trying to keep working, keep together, to find that perfect fit for without your life feeling as though it's pulling you too far one way or the other? I'd encourage you to think about which of those factors, which of those different things are your biggest challenges? Which are the ones that are more likely to pull you off centre? Which of those are more likely to keep you feeling like you're you? Where do you feel like you have a good balance in your life and where do you not? And what can you learn from those different places? I'd encourage you to think about what isn't getting enough of your time, your energy, your focus. And I'm not talking here about the shoulds or what other people will tell you. I'm talking about what you want to have in your life. You know, for me, one of the most liberating things I found was when I remembered how much I loved to sing. And I realised that singing, it really seems to sort of exercise my throat chakra, but also it just brings me great joy. And on the days where I was uptight and focused wholly on work or wholly on what I should be doing, I wouldn't sing. So I took to putting on a song every morning and just singing along to it. I took to singing in the shower whenever I feel like it. I took to shamelessly singing to myself as I'm walking around the supermarket. Yes, people do think I'm crazy. And actually that brought back a sense of balance into my life, that even on the days where maybe I didn't have enough time to really bring the balance back to that place that feels comfortable and central to me, I could just bring enough of that joy back for a few minutes every day to just help to tip the scales back a little more my way. I'd ask you, where are the places or situations that you're feeling totally out of balance and how can you feel more comfortable in them? Because remember, this isn't even necessarily about the amount of energy or time you give to a certain thing but about choosing to approach them in a different way. How many times have you gone to do something new, exactly the way that everyone else does it, only to find that it really hasn't been fun, that it's really been a struggle? And then you've talked to someone who was very experienced at it. You've talked to maybe a teacher, maybe a friend who had been doing this thing for a long time. And they've showed you a completely different approach to it that you go, oh, that one works better for me. Oh, I see. I just have to approach it from a different angle. And so it is with balance. Sometimes it's not even about the amount of energy or force we give to something. Sometimes it's just about approaching it from our own way, the way that's right for us. I'd ask you, how would the idea of balance feel to you? And I'm not talking here about what the media says. I'm not talking about that perfect guy on Instagram who always looks perfectly balanced in everything that they do. And I'm certainly not talking about what you've been led to believe. But I mean, what would it feel like to you to be totally in your groove, in your relationships, your work, your life, the way you approach the world. Any one of those things at any given moment. And remember, there's no right or wrong answer for any of these things. After all, we're all different. I mean, for me, for example, the idea of balance in relationships. I'm pretty independent and I'm pretty introverted too. So the idea of a balanced relationship for me also has to feel very free. I have to feel free to be myself, free to be independent, but supported, respected and nurtured. For someone who has less of those same ideals as I do though, that would just be too distant. And so the feelings that they would associate with a perfectly balanced relationship for them might be very different. We all need to find our own way of doing this, don't we? We all need to tune into that very personal idea of what balance would feel like to each of us in each part of our lives. And often the way we know that is by recognising what imbalance has felt like and does feel like in our lives and then working back from there. So think about it. What would balance feel like to you? And I ask you that not so that you can have that laser focus on reaching that point, as I've already said, but instead, and ironically, here's where I go back to Danielle Laporte and that core desired feelings program that I talked about earlier. That encourages us to focus instead of on goals, on feelings. So for example, where your new year's resolution one year may be to go to the gym three times a week. Instead, Danielle asks you why. What is it that going to the gym three times a week would do for you? How would that make you feel? So for me, this year, I decided that I wanted to eat less sugar, have a diet that is more of what my body craves. Yeah, actually, it really doesn't matter how much sugar I do or don't eat, or indeed what I do and don't eat on any given day. The fact of the matter is, I just want to feel like I'm nourishing my body. I want to feel nourished. And so that's become one of my core desired feelings for the year. Every day when I do my gratitude list and my daily journaling and my check-in, I think about where I've felt nourished. And actually I recognise that nourishment is a lot more about just the food that I'm eating. It's about the ways that I'm spending my time. It's about the experiences that I have. It's about the ways that I look after myself. And so when I ask you about how it would feel to feel balanced, I ask you that so that you can tap into those feelings. If I think about it for me, balance feels slightly stretching. A little bit scary, as I imagine it would standing on a tightrope or sitting on a trapeze. But it equally feels quite comfortable. It feels like I've found the place that's right for me. And I'm totally trusting in myself to be safe and comfortable there. And to move forward as I need to. And so, maybe balance for me feels like confidence. It feels like stretching myself. But stretching myself in a very faith-filled way. So then, it's not a perfect work-life balance that I want to achieve. It's not a perfect balance between introversion and extroversion that I want to achieve. It's not even an equally balanced diagram featuring every single aspect of my life getting equal amounts of energy, equal amounts of attention, and equal amounts of focus. It's that idea of really tuning into myself, stretching myself ever so slightly, but equally knowing that actually I'm comfortable with this stretch because I trust myself to have this, because I trust myself to know the right thing, Because I know that I can take the next step, even if it's scary. But remember, like all of this, the decision to step back, to take that laser focus off your work-life balance, off how many hours a week you work compared to how many you socialise, how many you sleep, how many you exercise, how many blah, 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 blah. The decision to surrender all of that, it isn't always easy. Think about when you first rode a bike. Or, if you're a driver... Think about those times that you're driving somewhere new. Autopilot just goes out of the window completely. And you really have to think about every little thing you do and every little move you make. It can be difficult. It can be difficult because we don't really know what we're doing. We don't know how to surrender and just trust in ourselves. Just trust in leaning into what feels right and doing what comes naturally. The world hasn't taught us how to do that. It's something we really need to re-educate ourselves in. So it will be challenging. It might even at sometimes be downright difficult, but that doesn't mean it's not important. Rebalancing ourselves, rebalancing our world is about finding that place of comfort for ourselves. Finding that place where we don't have to worry about being pulled terribly in one direction or another because we're just there and we're safe and we're sturdy. We're just comfortable. We're just confident. We are absolutely in our groove. And when we get into that place, no matter how much it's taken for us to reach it, that's when the magic can happen. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to The Divine Feminist. If you'd like to know more about today's episode, check out the show notes below. If you want to know more in general, head over to Instagram where it's at divine.feminist or to my website karenroundtree.com slash divinefeminist. I'll be back again with another episode in two weeks. But until then, I'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch if you have any questions, feedback or suggestions of what you'd like to hear. If you don't want to miss out on future episodes, be sure to subscribe in your favourite podcast store. And hey, if you feel so cold, maybe give us a in there too. Ideally five stars. Until next time though, thank you and take care.